Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Alrighty, faithful listeners, there's a lot more drama in Judges today. So we're going to get into this absolutely crazy story about Jephthah, the judge that we are currently studying in the book of Judges. But before we do that, I just want to ask, how are you? How have you guys been? I haven't talked to you guys in a while, and you know, I haven't done a fun fact about myself, which I'll also ask for you guys so that you can email me. Okay, fun fact about me. When I was a little kid, I desperately wanted to be a race car driver when I grew up. I really wanted it. I used to watch NASCAR. I uh, loved Herbie, (laughs) the movies. I loved them. And I just wanted to be a race car driver. Like that was my passion as a child. Then I grew up and started driving myself and realized that that was the last thing that I wanted. And especially as I no longer felt immortal anymore. You know how like children feel immortal because they can like jump off of 40 foot trees and live. (laughs) I became an adult who does not feel immortal anymore. And I have like little random aches and pains every once in a while. And I'm just like, okay, I definitely do not want to be a race car driver in any capacity, which is funny because my, my church actually has a race team and I could very well join the race team if I wanted, but I fully choose to not join the race team because I am now an achy adult that doesn't even want to go above the uh, normal speed limit. But anyway, guys, what did you want to do when you were a child? So tell me, I'd love to hear it. And uh, you can answer that question on Facebook. You can answer it on email and you can even answer it on certain platforms. I think Spotify lets you comment on episodes. So just tell me, what did you want to be when you grow up? And shockingly enough, we are going to discuss youth a little bit in today's portion of scripture. So let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 11, verses 29 through 40 today. And I'll be reading at the W.E.B. as usual. Then Yahweh's spirits came on Jephthah, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh, and passed over Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead, he passed over to the children of Ammon. Jephthah vowed a vow to Yahweh and said, If you will indeed deliver the children of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, it shall be Yahweh's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah passed over to the children of Ammon to fight against them, and Yahweh delivered them into his hand. He struck them from Aror until you come to Minith, even twenty cities, and to Abelkramim, a very great slaughter. So the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. Jephthah came to Mizpah to his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and dances. She was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you are one of those who trouble me, for I have opened up my mouth to Yahweh, and I can't go back. She said to him, My father, you have opened up your mouth to Yahweh. Do to me according to that which has proceeded out of your mouth, because Yahweh has taken vengeance for you on our enemies, even on the children of Ammon. Then she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Leave me alone two months, that I may depart and go down on the mountains, and bewail my virginity, I and my companions. He said, Go. 
He sent her away for two months, and she departed, she and her companions, and mourned her virginity on the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed. She was a virgin. It became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to celebrate the daughter of Jephthah the Galeadite four days in a year. So what in the heck happened? Like first, Jephthah has God's spirit on him and then he's, you know, fighting the Ammonites and then all of a sudden he's like sacrificing his daughter at the end of the chapter. So what in the world went wrong here? So today I'd like to discuss vows because this is basically what this entire portion of scripture is talking about is stupid vows. Now, right off the bat, I would like to say that not all vows are sins. In fact, it states in the Old Testament that you can make vows to God and there are ways to do vows correctly. A vow that I think would not be a sin is wedding vows, for example. When you go up, you do your vows to your spouse and you tell them that you're going to stay faithful and true to them for the rest of your lives. And that's a vow that's a good vow if you keep it. If you break that vow, on the other hand, it's, it's not a good vow. So that brings me to my second thing is vows that you make that you can't keep. And those types of vows are sins. Because if you make a vow that you can't keep, you're basically lying to God. You're promising something, but then not following through on that promise. And God condemns that in scripture. In fact, Jesus himself condemns that. He says, don't make a vow. Just say yes or no. Yes, you'll do something or no, you won't do something. Anything beyond that is of Satan. Now, of course, the context of that was in Jesus's day. Uh, people were vowing left and right. They were like being taught to vow on certain things like, oh, if you make a vow based on the temple and if you don't keep it, it's not really a sin or, oh, if you make a vow based on the altar, like God's altar, and if you don't keep it, then it's a huge sin. You can't do that. So you shouldn't take vows lightly is what Jesus is saying. People were taking vows lightly all the time in his time period. And he's saying, no, that's wrong. You, you don't take vows lightly ever. If you make a vow, you better keep it unless you make a vow like Jephthah's vow. <laughs> and so that's where it gets kind of complicated because Jephthah's vow was just wrong all across the board. It was a very stupid vow because here's what Jephthah was doing. He already had God's spirit on him is what it says in verse 29. Then Yahweh's spirit came on Jephthah and he passed over Gilead. You know, he passed through all these places and he finally comes to the children of Ammon. So before he fights with the children of Ammon, he decides that God's spirit is not good enough and he's going to try to manipulate the situation so that he gets what he wants. And so he makes this very silly vow and he's like, God, if you help me destroy the Ammonites today, I am going to sacrifice the very first thing that comes out of my house. It will be yours. Okay, that's that's the silliest vow I've ever heard. Okay, because unless he's living with like sheeps and cows in his house, like his these cows are like living in his home with him and he expects for some reason a cow to open the door and walk out to greet him first before a human does. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Jephthah did live with his animals. I don't know. <laughs> you can just see how ridiculous of a vow this is. But Jephthah made this vow with the wrong heart. And I think that's what it comes down to is the heart of it. 
you know, if you're making a vow and you truly mean it and you truly want to make a vow to God, I don't think that that's a sin, especially if you can keep that vow. Now, if you make a vow to God, on the other hand, and you're not really going to keep it, like, for example, oh, you know, God, if you do this one thing for me, I'll never sin in this way again. I'll never look at pornography ever again. But then, you know, God does that thing for you and you don't keep your vow. Next week, you're back looking at pornography again. That's a vow that you told God that you said, hey, I'm really going to do this for you. And then you didn't keep it. That means your heart was not right from the very beginning of making that vow because you were trying to manipulate God with your words. You're trying to say, God, do this for me and I'll do this for you. And that type of a vow is always, always wrong, I believe. Because that is nothing but just trying to manipulate God with your words. And you really have no intention of actually keeping that vow at all. And so that's where where I think it comes down to is just the heart. Are you truly doing a vow because you truly want to do something for God? Or for example, let's just say your, your wedding vows. Are you making those vows truly with the heart of I am going to do everything in my power that I can possibly do to make this work? Or are you making those vows thinking, hmm, well, divorce is kind of always an option. The second one, I believe, is a sin. I believe that that is very wrong because you're making a vow, a promise to God and to your spouse and to the priest or pastor who's officiating the wedding or to uh, and to all the, the witnesses who are watching the wedding. You're breaking a promise that you make and God does not wink at that kind of stuff. Now, on the other hand, let's say that you truly in your heart are doing your best to make a vow work, like say the wedding vows once again, but your partner on the other hand just refuses to keep up his or her end of the vows. I want to say that I think God does have mercy in those situations. There is some grace in making a vow that you can't always keep if your heart was in the right place from the very beginning. But we can see here that Jephthah, I don't think his heart was in the right place from the very beginning because he already had God's spirit on him. And for some reason, he wasn't trusting that God was already on his side. And so that's the next thing about this is, is when you have God on your side, you don't need to manipulate the situation any further. Let's take a look at verses 29 and 30. It says, then Yahweh's spirit came on Jephthah to help him fight against the Ammonites, right? But then in verse 30, Jephthah vowed a vow to Yahweh. And said, if you will indeed in, uh, deliver the children of Ammon into my hand, then it shall be. Whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, it shall be Yahweh's when I offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah received God's spirit. God was already going to help Jephthah defeat the Ammonites. So this proves that first and foremost, we can sin even when the Holy Spirit is helping us. Because Jephthah... I think did sin here because once again, I, I just said this was a very silly vow to make because um, what did he think that his front door would open and a goat would come out? Like, <laughs> I don't think he lived with animals unless they lived differently back in these days. I don't know. I don't know, but it seems like a very silly vow. But yet the Holy Spirit was still there with Jephthah, still helping Jephthah. And it's very clear here that the Holy Spirit did help Jephthah because look at what happens in verses 32 and 33, Jephthah has a huge resounding victory over the Ammonites. It says the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. 
So Ammon was humbled greatly, and the king of Ammon no longer was fighting against Israel. Jephthah had complete and total victory. So then Jephthah goes home, and he's fully ready to sacrifice whatever comes out of his front door. So it says in verse 34, Jephthah came to Mizpah to his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with tambourines and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and he says, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You trouble me for I have opened up my mouth to Yahweh and I can't go back. So Jephthah was right that when you make a vow to God, you better keep it. However, if it's a vow that's going to cause you to sin, God's intent for us is that we do not sin. That's what God always wants for us. God's will is for us to not sin. <laughs> so anything that causes us to sin, even if it's a vow, God does not want us to keep those types of vows if it's going to cause us to sin. And likewise, if you make a vow and it causes you to sin to not keep that vow, then it's a sin for you to not keep that vow. But no matter what, Jephthah was between a rock and a hard place because he made a vow that he couldn't keep and he shouldn't have kept. But sacrificing his daughter as a burnt offering is definitely not a vow God would ever, ever, ever want somebody to keep. How many times in scripture have we seen already? And we'll see a lot more as Moloch comes into play. God says multiple, multiple times, do not sacrifice your children. Do not sacrifice your children. God does not want human sacrifices because God loves life. So Jephthah, I think, should have definitely gone back on his on his vow here and not sacrificed his daughter. Now, some people think that Jephthah did not sacrifice his daughter as a burnt offering, but rather he gave her to the temple so that she would become a temple female for the rest of her life. Almost like a nun, if you want to think about it that way. Similarly, anyway. Now, some people do think that because it does kind of insinuate that she was not sacrificed, but rather given to the temple because it mentions multiple times that Jephthah's daughter was a virgin. So it's possible that Jephthah dedicated her to the temple. And we've seen in the Old Testament how um, how burnt sacrifices are actually like a complete dedication to God. And so it's possible that Jephthah just completely dedicated his daughter to God by giving her to the temple, if that makes sense. And that's actually where a lot of people lean, and I'm not really sure. But either way, I do not think that even that vow was correct for him to keep personally. His daughter was not him. You can't make a vow for somebody else and expect somebody else to keep your vow, right? And so I, I think that no matter what, this, this vow just was a silly vow, especially when God was already on Jephthah's side and was already helping Jephthah through all of this. So honestly, I don't know if Jephthah killed his daughter or not. It does not explicitly say it. Actually, it does kind of um, insinuate that he did kill her as a burnt offering. But I don't know. Honestly, both kind of make sense to me. Um, either one of them, because yes, dedications were practiced back in those days and people could dedicate themselves. So 
perhaps he really just did dedicate her to the temple. But also, you have to remember that this was a very lawless time in Israel's history. And God's law was not being properly taught or administered in this time period. So maybe Jephthah truly did sacrifice his daughter, killed her and sacrificed her. But we just don't know. But either way, this was just not the way Jephthah should have handled any of this. So it says here that um, this young girl, we don't know her name, she ends up saying to her father, yes, do to me as what you have said that you will do to me. Keep that vow to God. But let me go over to the mountains with my friends and I will bewail my virginity. And let me do this for two months. So what does this mean? This means that for two months, Jephthah's daughter was going to take a trip with her friends for two months to the mountains and mourn her virginity. And I would guess the reason that she did this was to, I don't know, maybe have a party before, <laughs> have a party with her friends before whatever ends up happening to her. But also you have to remember that this was Jephthah's only child. This means that Jephthah was not going to be able to give his inheritance to anybody. So Jephthah's line would end right there because we know that daughters could in fact inherit land and inherit their entire father's estate if there were no sons or brothers in the family, which is exactly Jephthah's situation. Jephthah had no sons and Jephthah's brothers wanted nothing to do with him. So the daughter would have gotten everything. And you got to think about that also when when uh, reading this this story. There was a lot at stake here. Jephthah's daughter could never inherit anything. And Jephthah's line ends up ending right there because it says that she went down the mountains with her friends for two months. And it said that she mourned her virginity. And Jephthah ended up doing what he said he would do, whether that was dedicating her to the temple or that was sacrificing her on an altar. I don't know. But it mentions once again that she was a virgin. So yeah, Jephthah, he ended his line, his lineage right here because of one silly vow. So it says that it ended up becoming a custom in Israel that the daughters would do four days a year of mourning for Jephthah's daughter because of this. And I don't know if that's still celebrated to this day. Might be. But you can see here that everyone thought that this was a huge travesty, that it became like a tradition to mourn over Jephthah's daughter because of what she lost due to her father's um, vow making. So this is just a warning. This entire portion of scripture is a warning to us that we should be very careful when making a vow to God. We have to be careful that our hearts are in the right place. And that's why Jesus says, just say yes or no, because you start complicating things when it's not just a simple yes or no. And Satan can use that. Satan can use vows to ruin our relationship with other people, to ruin our relationship with God, especially. And so that's why Jesus just says, give a simple yes or no. Anything more is from the evil one. Sorry if you're hearing the mower behind me. The <laughs> right as I started, we hired a a guy to come mow our yard because our our lawn mower is broken right now. So um, 
for like a week. He's coming and mowing our lawn. And uh, he is currently mowing the lawn right now as I record this this uh, podcast episode. So sorry about that if you heard the lawnmower behind me. But anyway, guys, I hope you think about today's episode and uh, think about the vows that you make to God. Make sure that you don't make any like Jephthah made. Be very careful what you vow to God is, is all I'm saying. But guys, I hope you have a fantastic and wonderful weekend. I will see you all on Monday for another episode out of Judges, where we're going to continue on with Jephthah's crazy life. Happy listening and God bless. Bless.